It's ladies' night. conspiracy amongst the women concerning how long I'm going to preach. <laughs> it won't be very long. So. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe it was, but uh, you know, I just normally I'm not one to get hints. You drop a hint around me and it's just and because uh, I'm not looking for it. You just have to let me know what you're thinking. And uh, my wife has tried to drop hints for years. And she gave up a long time ago and uh, dropping hints. You didn't get the hint? What hint? <laughs> uh, ladies, guys, don't get hints. There's 95% of them anyway. You might be married to the one that gets the hints. I don't know. But... Uh, we're going to start off in Habakkuk 3.2. wanted to challenge Brother Kenneth tonight. See if you can get there before he does. And, uh, whoops, too late. Man, he's fast. He had no idea that I was going there, I don't think. But uh, anyway, Habakkuk 3.2. And uh, as one person said, to just start at Matthew and start going backwards. And uh, some, but you come to Haggai first, and uh, just keep on backing up. Haggai three two, the word of God says this: O Lord, I have heard thy speech, and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Or make known, and then it says, you notice the semicolon, in wrath, remember mercy. And as we look to this subject, and this, this right off the bat, is he's discussing brokenness. And for us to be broken before God, this morning I discussed uh, the uh, really humility 
and having a humble spirit. And I discussed a lot of things concerning being humble and just continuing the thought of revival tonight. And that's really the message to continue the thought of revival, prayer for revival. I mentioned also speaking of prayer and we'll head uh, to Malachi next. So you may want to head to Malachi. Um, uh, mentioned to our Sunday night Bible study class to to be in prayer for we got a serious uh, big time decision with our missionary brother Joel Dillahoney. He's headed to Israel. He feels beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is where God wants him in Israel. He's right now this morning started a missions conference, Faith Baptist Church in Cabot, Arkansas, and uh, uh, kind of in the same place where Rodney and Linda Kay's daughter and son-in-law are. They're at First Baptist in uh, Cabot, Arkansas. Well, at Faith, that's where they're having a big missions conference. And at that place, uh, he's running into different ones and sharing. He says uh, he's sharing his burden to, to go to Israel. He said, but my sending church is praying uh, about, you know, to, to be promised land. That's why he says it. Promised land is praying about being my sending church. So pray for this decision. The soonest I could get uh, Dr. John Melanson to just hear maybe his side of the story is, uh, I think it's, I believe I had, I got it wrote down, but we were confused because I said fourth Wednesday night in uh, October. And I believe that's when he'll be here because there's five Wednesdays in October. The last one being our fall festival right there at the end of October. Uh, so we'll, but he's right there at the end of October. So remember him. So we've got some time. I just got to, I've got to keep it before you uh, that to pray and to, for us to say, and he doesn't want promised land to feel obligated. Well, we're, there's nothing we can do. And he wants us to be, we need to either you know, the, I use the illustration of a coin. On one side of the coin, we need to be there. We're there. We got you. We are your sending church. We're going to be with you. Or to reach, be the other side of the coin, to reach a mutual agreement and say, we're just, we don't feel led uh, to be uh, your sending church. So we must uh, make that uh, decision soon. And we don't need to just coast and say, well, there's this. No decision to be made, and he, we need to let him know, and, and actually, more accurately, to say, what does God want us to do? What does God want us to do? Uh, in Malachi, they, we have brokenness mentioned in, Hag, in uh, Habakkuk here. In Malachi 3.16, if we're going to have revival, even a small revival, a revival that affects the families of promised land. But folks, I believe with all my heart that revival is not, you know, the, the kids that got on fire for the Lord at see you at the pole and saw you at the pole. It, you know, some of those, we, uh, Karen and I kind of got tickled because some of the people that got all worked up really have no church affiliation and uh, just no real strong ties to a church. But Folks, it's not about when revival breaks out, it doesn't, there's no, no such thing as, well, it broke out in promised land Baptist church or it, it broke out, it revivals, breaks out and it crosses 
I mean, lives change, schools change, towns change. And I mentioned that revival in Wales, uh, the country, a little a suburb, if you will, of, of Great Britain. And so I mentioned that this morning. I went ahead and I just casually mentioned it. And it was uh, the preacher, the young man that was speaking, October uh, 31st, 1904. They had been praying and praying. They'd had prayer meetings every night. It was a Monday night prayer meeting when he said, I had something to say. And most of the older ones said, well, uh, we, we, it's bedtime. We've had our prayer. We're headed to the house. Well, 17 young people stayed to hear Evan Roberts uh, bring uh, four points. And those four points are this. Number one, you must Beyond any shadow of a doubt, you must put away unconfessed sin. Number two, you must put away any doubtful habit in your life. Number three, you must obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Number four, you must confess Christ publicly. And the interesting thing, I told you some of the tidbits about that uh, revival that broke out. Lost people started getting saved. The uh, 17 young people started leading their friends to the Lord. They said, we're going to do those four things. If we got a habit of cussing, we're going to stop that. If we got a habit of drinking, we're going to stop that. If we got a habit of gossiping, we're going to stop that. If we got a habit of whatever, we're going to stop that. We're going to stop this. And we're going to tell people. And as soon as the Holy Spirit says anything, and, and it says here, according to history, again, you can Google this, look this up, whatever, uh, 70,000 people got saved in two months' time. 70,000 people got 100,000 in six months. That's the reason that taverns and bars shut down. That's the reason the police didn't have anything to do. That's the reason all those mules had to be retrained. Those other stories that I thought was just, they just stuck out in my brain. And I said, wow, you know, for communities and a nation to be changed. It, folks, it can happen. It's not, God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His Holy Spirit doesn't change. It's still the same yesterday as it was today and will be tomorrow. The word of God and the Holy Spirit and the power of it. And like I said, First John 4, 4 is still in your Bible, which says, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This, uh, folks, if we're, this is really going to happen, Malachi 3.16 says this. It says in Malachi 3.16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. You know what this tells me and you? They got it. We got to communicate. We have to communicate with each other. We have to love each other. We have to forgive one another. You can't come to church and, and not speak. You can't come to church. Well, you can, but you can't come to church and expect revival to break out, expect God to do anything. If it says there's not love and forgiveness and communication, then they that fear the Lord spake often to one another. And the Lord, what did he say? The Lord hearkened and heard it. Listen to them. It got the, it got God's attention that these people were in on a mode to change. I want to seek God and to seek Him. And uh, churches that are really ready to uh, say, I, I hit our knees in prayer. If we have things to pray about. If we have uh, the missionaries to pray about. If folks if, in the whole thing. 
One of the things that was uh, mentioned yesterday in yesterday's associational meeting was to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. And seeing lives changed and souls saved, the main thing is Jesus. That's the main thing about promised land. Jesus. The main thing is souls getting saved. Do you know Jesus? Does your friend know Jesus? Every now and then, my class, I give them a little push. I said, grab a track. Speak to one person you don't know this week. Somebody already said, I'll do too. Speak to one person you don't know this week. That's what it's all about. It's saying, you know, well, I'm out of the habit. Well, let's start a new habit. Well, I'm out of the practice. Let's start a new practice. I haven't done it in a while. What better perfect time? (laughs) If I haven't done it in a while, what's holding us back? Why haven't we spoke about Jesus? Why haven't we spoke to someone we don't know? Why haven't we said something to somebody about your relationship with Jesus? Remember those four points? They kind of go along with the first two anyway, with a famous scripture. Back over here in uh, Psalms 139, the first two points of that young man's message were what? You must put away unconfessed sin, and you should put away any doubtful habit. You say, well, is this a doubtful habit? If you ask that question, it is. (laughs) And uh, you say, is this a doubtful habit? All you got to do is ask that question. If you ask the question, well, then it is. And it says in Psalm 139, verse 19, excuse me, Psalm 139 and uh, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And that's that sin that you may have. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This should be our prayer before our head hits the pillow tonight. Those two things, do I need to confess any sin and do I need to remove any doubtful habit in my life? Those two go right together, right there. And then if you will, I think about the the church, the very first church, uh, head to the book of Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, just looking at that first church that was on fire for the Lord. Acts 3 and verse 19. The word of God says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus Christ, which was, which before was preached unto you. So they got all fired up. They got all fired up about what to do. And then in Acts 4, 4, it says this. Howbeit, notice Acts 4 4, just right across the page in my Bible. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men, just the men, was about 5,000. That's just right there, right across the page in my Bible, just right there. Just right there. People hear you. The greatest gospel they can ever hear is not Brother Michael preaching. But you telling about you getting saved. That's the greatest story anybody can ever hear. It's more powerful than a 30-minute sermon. But a lot of times we're afraid maybe to say that little word. Well, the third point 
that that young man mentioned way back there over a hundred years ago was you must obey the spirit promptly. Um, in the book, in this, many of you know this scripture just off the top of your head, Ephesians four thirty. In Ephesians four thirty, it says, and 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 it's talking about you need to live a changed life. You need to live differently. You need to do different. And it says, listen, you have trouble cussing. You have to, that's what it's saying right in the previous verse. Verse 29 is talking about, man, you have trouble with your mouth. You have trouble gossiping. You have trouble with a, a sorry attitude. That's what Jonah got in trouble for. You have trouble with this. And then it says in verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed in the day of redemption. As soon as you get an opportunity, did you know that's what happened uh, Wednesday night and all these kids? There were kids from First Baptist in Crossett. There were kids from First Baptist in Hamburg. There were kids from uh, Promised Land Baptist. There was kids from all different area churches there Wednesday night. They got fired up by this person preaching the gospel. Here you go. Here's you some uh, uh, New Testament for young people called the life book. Take that, hand it out to people. And you know what? They just said, okay, all right. And they did. And, you know, they got too excited or ever what. And, uh, you know, whether you, whether you had it and whether you wanted somebody to take it or whether you went by and you left it on somebody's desk just so they could find it. Uh, Caleb was telling me, you know, they were all excited, and they were doing what this preacher asked them to do. Well, if the preacher asks you to do something that's in the book, I think it's, it's in the book. We need to do it. <laughs> and so the preacher says, witness. Uh, last time I checked, that's in there. So, <laughs> And so they did. They listened. To, and so next time, think about it. You had an opportunity to witness. Don't say, well, I should have. I could have soon. It, and that was one of his, that was his third point. That young man back in Wales in 1904, his third point. And it says, obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Because if you don't do it promptly, you won't do it. Caleb was uh, handing his out. He's at First Baptist in Crossett tonight visiting a young lady. Imagine that. Hmm. And uh, so he's over there at First Baptist in Crossett. I said, tell Tracy Reed. I said, hi, he's the associate pastor over there, a good friend of mine. And uh, Jamie Staley, I run with him before, a good guy. And uh, anyway, Caleb handed out his ten. Well, there, and ask some of these teenagers, I don't know who they are, but there's some self-proclaimed atheists in uh, high school at Hamburg. And uh, one of them, I don't know who, took his life, they're white, and defaced it pretty good with some pretty vulgar stuff front and back this fellow was not one of the ten that Caleb gave his to but this fellow sought Caleb out to purposefully give it to him just kind of say, kind of rub it in your face or ever what the insinuation or purpose was Caleb took it and just there were other people that I heard that different students that trounced on them stomped on them ripped them tore them up Different reactions, you, but I've, I've seen that before. But that leads me uh, to the next point that we need to think about. In the book of Romans, 
chapter 1 and verse 16. I was sharing with Brother Jeff uh, some amazing scriptures in the book of Romans. And in here, just want you to take a look at these real quick. And all in order. And it's all over one word. The very last point that that young man made was, you must confess Christ publicly. In Romans 1.16, of course, we all know this one. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's our power. Pointing to, unto salvation. To everyone that believes. The word ashamed only occurs five times in the book of Romans. And you know what? It is powerful. Take a look at the next one. The next one is Romans 5, 5. It's the very next time that the word ashamed comes up. Romans 5, 5 says this. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So right off the bat, the word ashamed is saying, I'm not ashamed of the the gospel. And then I'm not ashamed because God's love is in my heart. Am I ashamed? Will I ever speak up? So four things, unconfessed sin, I've got to get rid of that. Doubtful habits, I've got to get rid of that. And when the Holy Spirit says, go or woe, I need to obey immediately. And the fourth thing tonight is what? I must confess Jesus publicly. Did you know baptism is done publicly? It's all hand in hand. When you get saved, did you know getting saved should be a public act? In other words, not not uh, the when you got saved, but the repercussions. Not the moment you asked Jesus, you might have been in your car or at your bedroom or at a church service on the back pew, but everything else is after that is public. You got baptized publicly, and you're to tell others publicly. Now, like I say, that's where some people say, well, I'm, I'm not a very good speaker. I'm not very, you know, Moses tried that. <laughs> but uh, God says, here, here's the, you know, and so I'm going to give you a staff that'll do a miracle. It's called a track. If you pray over it. The very next one, I, I mentioned Romans 1.16, Romans 5.5. 5. The next one's Romans 6.21. Which says this, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? Which means you remember the way you used to live? You remember your old style of living? You say, and then what is it? The way you used to live, the end is what? Death. We're not ashamed of things anymore. And are we ashamed of Jesus? The next one is Romans 9.23. Excuse me, 9.33. Read my own handwriting. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And most all of the people in this room, including me, have been ashamed of 
Say, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Never have been ashamed of Jesus. When you didn't say what you should have said to somebody about Jesus, you were ashamed. And folks, I've been ashamed too. I haven't said what I should have said. We all have at one point in time. We should have spoke up for Jesus. But it says, whosoever believeth on him, what? Shall not be ashamed. And the very last time the word ashamed is mentioned, of course, is probably the most famous one. And that's Romans 10 and verse 11. And it says this, For the Scripture saith, Whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. May we not be ashamed tonight as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. And just say, Lord... I, I need to live for you. I, I need to do what's right. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> as we think about the subject of revival, it's just, it's just real simple. We need to turn to you. We need to confess our sin. We need to be broken. We need to be humble. It just means pour it out. Lay it at your feet. Give our life, give our heart to you. Love you with everything we've got. To say, let revival start with me. Let me not be a stumbling block. And may we obey your Holy Spirit promptly, immediately, to speak up and to not be ashamed of you or your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.